When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday on which the Reds are top of the league. Liverpool sit two points clear at the top of the Premier League after 19 games. Now, Manchester City have a game in hand, but they're five points behind us. We're two points clear of Arsenal, three clear of Aston Villa. The great Arsenal team, the best team in the league, the title favourites, according to many. They'd be behind Manchester City if City played their game in hand tomorrow and won because City also have a superior goal difference. That doesn't fit with the narrative that we've been sold by the media. Doesn't fit at all. You know what else doesn't fit? Well, Arsenal have 10 points less than they did after 19 games last season. Last season, they had 50 points after 19 games. And now they've got 40. But we're told that they've improved, that they've gotten better. This is despite the fact that they've scored less goals and conceded more goals as well. So we sit top and... I mean, if you're being really honest, you'd have to admit we haven't played all that well yet this season. We've had a couple of very good performances, but we've been grinding out results. And I think ourselves and City are proving that once again we're the class above, even when we're not anywhere close to what we're capable of. We're getting elite performances from a couple of individuals 
And then we've got a great manager and a great collectiveness that's seeing us over the line. City are kind of the same. Whereas it feels like Arsenal are doing about as well as they're capable of doing. Now, their attack has been piss poor, obviously. They have 10 open play goals in the Premier League between the front three. Mo Salah, for context, has 12. Uh, has 12 goals in the Premier League. Um, and it feels like if we can sustain what we're doing, we'll finish above Arsenal. Now, I don't know if we finish above City, but I will point out that I did say that after the Newcastle game, I said this weeks and weeks ago on this podcast, after the Newcastle game, my guess was we would be top ahead of City who'd have a game in hand. And as things stand, that's basically how it shakes out. We are top, and I think City will end up second quite soon. And then it becomes a race between us. Now, they get KDB back, but we got news from Jurgen this morning that he expects Thiago back in training next month. So that's big. He expects Alexis back in training potentially today and said he could play against Newcastle. Now, based on recent Jurgen comments on such returns, my guess is he misses Newcastle, but is probably then back for the Arsenal game in the Cup. He said Andy Robertson is still over a month away from joining the first team for training. So that's behind the kind of original timeline that a lot of people had. He said Stefan Besetic could potentially train today, do a full session, and then be out for the five or six weeks. So there's no real timeline on when he's going to be back, Um, which is strange. It is, but he's a young player and, Look, he's, he's still a couple of years away from being ready to play on a regular basis. But the Alexis news is positive. The Thiago news is positive. The Robbo one is a blow because we're kind of stuck at the moment. We've only got Joe Gomez available. And we know that Joe's history with injuries is not great. But if Joe can give us a good six weeks, then we get Robbo back. And then maybe between the two of them, they can make it work for the rest of the year. We do have the youngsters that can play against Arsenal because, let's be honest, we've got the title, we've got the Europa League, and we've got the EFL Cup. Something is going to have to fall by the wayside. And it does just make sense that it's the FA Cup because we're already well into the Europa League and we're in the semi-finals of the EFL Cup. Those are ones to focus on. And the FA Cup is just starting for us, so it's not really worth overcommitting to it. Now, this weekend, Arsenal go to Fulham. You would expect them to win away to Fulham. Uh, Fulham have been pretty dreadful of late. They got walloped by Bournemouth at the weekend. Uh, In their game before that, they lost at home to Burnley. Those aren't ideal results. Before that, they got hammered by Newcastle. They did have that run where they walloped a bunch of teams, including West Ham, who obviously beat Arsenal 2-0 last night. But unfortunately, football doesn't work in a simple way. So you you can't just say, well, they beat West Ham and West Ham beat Arsenal, so they'll beat Arsenal. 
in all likelihood, Arsenal will go there and win. Man City will take on Sheffield United, in all likelihood, they'll win. And Aston Villa will play Burnley, and again, in all likelihood, they will win. So our rivals right now in the, I don't want to call it a title race because that doesn't start till there's 10 games left, but our rivals in the title charge, let's say, should all win their games this weekend, and that will put pressure on us for Monday night at home against Newcastle, a Newcastle team who are in poor form, a Newcastle team who got beaten 3-1 at home by Nottingham Forest in one of the more surprising results of the season, a Newcastle team that lost 1-0 away to Luton in what was also a surprise. Obviously, like I said, they beat Fulham. But before that, they got spanked by Tottenham and they got spanked by Everton. So four defeats in in five for the turn. The only win coming at home. They're ninth in the league. You would expect that we should be able to overcome them. You would expect that we're more than good enough, especially at home, especially the night game to beat them. And if we do that, then we go into this little break where we don't play in the Premier League again for three weeks. And we can catch our breath, get our players back, hopefully add somebody. We really could do it adding one. We could do it adding two, but one would be a great help. There's a couple of positions that we should be looking at, obviously. You could look for another centre-back, but they seem very happy with Kwanzaa. Now, I think we need another one anyway with Kwanzaa, with Ibu, with Virgil, having a fourth. Because I think Joe is better as a fullback. I really do. I think Gomez is just better as a right-back. And he's decent as a left-back, but I think he is just better as a right-back. And having him as the backup right-back and, say, the fifth centre-back would be pretty ideal. I said before, I think Lenny Yarrow is the one that we should be looking at. I think he's the one that could potentially be a Van Dyke successor. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We need that left-sided defender. We need one of two profiles, either that one that can sit into the back three and allow us to be more solid defensively, an Inacio or a Hincapié, some an Arta Tiete, someone in that mould, or an attacking left back to give us real width down that side. Now, I think if we had a left winger who was producing, we would go for the more 
defensive option. And Anasio does have a buyout clause. And I kind of feel like he might be the one to go and get in January. We need a holding midfielder, but the ideal one is Bubakar Kamara. And he's not going to be available until summer. And I think, yeah, I think there's a fairly strong possibility he's got a buyout clause. So it wouldn't surprise me if we were just going to wait for someone like him. And then I think we need a left winger. I think we need a left winger can actually carry a threat. I've said before, I think Pedro Neto would be perfect. I know he plays more on the right for Wolves, but he's better on the left. And he will absolutely destroy any and all Premier League right-backs. But again, he's probably one for summer. But if we could get an Ashio now, and then in the summer you go and you get Kamara, Neto, Yarrow, and ideally Archie Gray, just as another hugely talented young midfielder who can be whatever you want him to be. He could be a six, he could be an eight, he can play right back. He's playing right back regularly for Leeds in the championship and playing well regularly. I think he's an enormous talent. I think he might be the best young midfielder I've seen in the championship, and that includes Jude. I think we'd regret if we missed out on him. Archie Gray, to me, is is potentially the player people think Declan Rice is. Another shocking performance from Rice last night, by the way. Um, Yeah, this is Anfield. There is a couple of bits and pieces there. There is the updates on Alexis and Andy Robertson. There's a year in review. The return of Stefan Besetic, where does he fit into Liverpool 2.0? He fits the same place he fit before he got injured as Trent's backup. Now, I suppose if you're doing that, it all depends on is Trent starting at right back and moving into midfield? Is he starting in midfield? Either way, that's the role for him long term. In the short term, his role is just to fit in here, there, wherever he's needed. But long term, I think that's a better role for him. And by long term, I mean the next two to three years. It's a long time in football. Beyond that, who knows? He's so young that it doesn't really matter what his role is in Liverpool 2.0. He will be part of Liverpool 4.0. And at that point, he can figure out and we can figure out where he belongs. Uh, Jurgen Klopp explains what's required to main place a top after horrible lesson. Shevchenko couldn't sleep for three months after Istanbul, not because of the penalty. I'd imagine because of the miss that caused or that, that, that drew the save out of Dudek that I still don't think Dudek knew a whole lot about. Latest on Roberto Firmino's future after Saudi exit claims and Gerard interest. So it has been reported that Bobby would like to leave uh, his current club that he doesn't feel happy there and would like to move on from Al Ali. I don't know where he would go. Maybe back to Brazil. Maybe back to Germany. I don't see him coming back to the Premier League. Um, I'm not really sure why he would want to join Al Etifak because they're terrible. They're currently eighth in a team that has a league rather that has four good teams and the team below them who's level on points with them have a game in hand so they could well end up ninth they haven't won a game I think in their last 
10 in the league or something like that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They haven't won in eight in the in the league, and they haven't won in nine in all competitions. They've got one win in their last 11 league games, one win in 12 in all competitions. Strange, strange. The magic leadership not working so well without the world-class players there to do all the heavy lifting. Um, so I don't think Bobby will go there, and I'm, I'm not really sure Stevie Gerrard will be there for a whole lot longer if that continues. Um, actually, you know what? On an issue, the perfect player for that position is Bastoni, and Inter are apparently on the brink of bankruptcy. So maybe it'll be worth throwing a bid in for him in January just to see what happens. Because he is genuinely special. And if we got him along with Virgil and Ibu, we might never concede a goal again once we get a good defensive midfielder to sit in front of them. Just a thought. Um, there's a piece, <clears throat> a piece I saw yesterday Um ranking Liverpool's best players this season using foot mob stats. And it had Alisson 10th. So I, I'd just like to appeal to anybody who works at foot mob or owns foot mob, change your algorithms because they're garbage. If, if Alison Becker is showing up as the 10th joint 10th best Liverpool player, then something is severely wrong with how you're going about rating these players. Uh, Liverpool.com bits on Thiago and Alexis bit on Bobby Liverpool just broke US TV record as Man United beaten an FSG strategy working a treat Liverpool transfer news as Xabi Alonso blocks deal blocks move but 66 million deal inevitable I assume that's something to do with Hincapier Uh, there is a piece about Mo, how he could come back from AFCON quicker than we expect, which would be an enormous help, let's be fair. Um, Arsenal could make Liverpool millions as Jurgen Klopp proved right on brilliant transfer call. It's a piece about Dom Solanke, but I'm not sure in what way Jurgen was proved right. I can't really be asked to read it, to be honest. So fire ahead and have a read at that one. Um, da, 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 da. it's a piece about Darwin a piece about Guardiola copying Klopp let's see what is this Shabby Alonso one Inacio okay so Inacio is the first one Um, he's the 66 million dollar option and then, yeah, it is It is uh, Alonso blocking any move for Hincapié. The thing is, they're losing two of their starting centre-backs to AFCON. There's no way they're going to let another one leave. In the same way that I saw one of the spoofers saying that Newcastle had interest in Jonathan Tha, there's zero chance they'd consider a sale in January. Um, on to Anfieldindex.com. 
There is a piece about Gerald Kwanzaa, a piece about Nicola Borea, a piece about Virgil, saying that others need to step up when Salah is gone. And then we've got loads of podcasts. So I assume by now you've all listened to the post-match Raw after the win over Burnley. There are two media matters, one with David Lynch, one with Ben Boxick. Obviously, Dave Davis hosting both of those. There is an under pressure with Dan Kennett, Cy Brundish and Hamza. And they talk about the games against Arsenal and Burnley. And then there is a transfer show on the Pro Plus feed with Dave Davis and Trev Downey, just having a look at what might happen, what could happen, what probably won't happen for January. Uh, We're recording Scouted after this for Newcastle. I'm sure Harry will have a rival recon. Things will obviously start to pick up again next week. Obviously been a bit of a slow week with Christmas, but still plenty to throw your ears around. So I will see you all when I see you all. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.